Before we begin, just to let you guys know, our logo artwork was designed by Nicole Anarchy and music by Taylor Paisley French. Warning, this podcast does contain spoilers for the Verse series. Hello everyone and welcome to the Best Damn Camp, our own verse read-along and analysis podcast that sets out to read all the books by Rick Riordan in timeline order. I'm your host Fran and welcome to the show. Before we dive in, firstly I want to let everyone know, if you can hear a noise, it is my mum hoovering. Um, I was meant to be doing multiple recordings today, I can probably only do one <laughs> because she's going to be cleaning the entire house, so... Um, that's the situation, so if you can hear bashing, clanging, and a frrrr, that is the hoover. So um, please try and ignore it. Hopefully it's not being picked up too much on the actual audio, but you know, you never actually know. But before I dive in additionally to that, I want to give this small little statement here to let everyone know what is going to be happening for all of the Percy Jackson podcasters that I'm connected with and friends with, uh, for something that we will be doing together on December 21st at 7pm Eastern Standard Time. So this is the statement. This holiday season we'll be gathering the Percy Jackson podcast community together for a fun event to raise money for an incredible organisation, the Red Nation. The Red Nation is a coalition of native and non-native activists, educators, students and community organisers advocating native liberation. On December 21st at 7pm Eastern Standard Time, we'll be doing a live stream on YouTube, my channel A Healthy Dose of Fran, where we hang out and watch The Lightning Thief 2011 movie. Now during the stream and afterwards we'll be encouraging whoever is able to make donations directly to Red Nation or sign up to become a patron at therednation.org support. For more information on the Red Nation and the work they do, you can check out therednation.org or listen to the Red Nation podcast, which uh, I will be tagging and also will be linked in my bio on uh, Instagram and Twitter. There are going to be more details to come, so looking forward to hanging out with you all then, and uh, keep an eye out for more information, and be sure to go follow the Red Nation in the meantime. And yeah, so that is something that we're going to be doing. There will be a video on my YouTube channel as well talking about this if you want a little bit more information. But uh, it's going to be Best Time Camp, Fatal Floor, Podcast of Poseidon, Return to Camp Half-Blood, Seaweed Brain, Into the Rodeverse slash The Damn Meme Page, Through the Mist, Camp Half-Blood, I keep saying Camp Half-Blood, Camp Half-Pod, The Damn Snack Bar, The Half-Report and Fandom Encounters. Um, and yeah, we're all very excited to be able to do this. It's for a great cause, so uh, keep an eye out for more information on that. But to dive into the official episode for today, so we are continuing the timeline journey with The Kane Chronicles, The Red Pyramid, Chapter 17, A Bad Trip to Paris, and Chapter 18, When Fruit Bats Go Bad, which are from Carter's point of view. As always, I have my points to focus on, so today we've got narrative characters and generally what I thought of it. But to begin, 
Here's the synopsis. After being chased out of the first gnome with many questions on his mind and a broken set of ribs, the siblings bump into Bast again. Learning that they are definitely hosting gods and interact with Horace, the Canes are freaking out, but ready to take on Sat to save their father. They just need a special book to figure out how to do that. And that is the sort of synopsis for these two chapters. So I'm ready to dive in. So you know, let's just get right on into that with chapter 17, A Bad Trip to Paris. Fun fact, I completely understood this title because I too had a terrible trip to Paris. Um, would not recommend, <laughs> uh, well, I wouldn't recommend taking a teenager to Paris, but also a specific time period. We went around like early summer. It was with my school. Never go on a school trip to Paris. Um, and don't go when there's a like a celebration season because um, it's chaotic, it's terrible, and I did not have a good time. No offence to the French people. I know <laughs> there's a rivalry and hatred between the French and the English. Um, like, no hate intended, but damn, <laughs> that was not a fun trip. So yeah, a bad trip to Paris, I understand. But anyway, here is the overview for chapter 17. As we flee, Carter relays his night, and sadly, it was a confusing mixture. Not only did he see Amos be captured by Set, he also bumped into Zia and learnt her story. Zia is a girl from a place that no longer exists, wiped off the map by a monster her archaeological father accidentally brought home. She has no memory of what happened and has tried everything to remember. Carter and Zia have a moment which is, sadly, overshadowed by the nervousness over Carter's power, but also something strange Zia did. Back in the present, the siblings are running for their lives to get to the obelisk. Unfortunately for Carter, he is the one protecting Sadie and ends up with a broken rib for his effort. Sadie manages to open the portal, but the guard sphinx that attacked Carter come with them and Carter is about to be cat food. Thankfully for the siblings, Artie Bast has come to the rescue. Um, and that's pretty much the overview for chapter 17. It was an eventful, interesting chapter. I shall give it that. Um, but the most interesting part is obviously to do with Zia. She's my fave. She's my babe. Um, and we've learned quite a bit of information about Zia in this section. Um, the main part is the fact that we've got hints that something isn't quite right with Zia. So there's this mysterious and sad past that she has um, and the fact that she has literally no memory of it and can't access any memory, no matter what kind of magic is done to help her try and retrieve these memories, none of it can be sorted. There's also, my voice kind of cracked then, <laughs> there's also the fact that she performed a type of, a, a weird kind of magic that she has no memory of doing. And it's something that Carter saw her do, which was basically create this blue orb that was sent into the ceiling and sort of vanished, disappearing somewhere, seemingly taking a message of a sort. Um, but she has no memory of doing it, or seemingly has no memory of doing it, unless she's lying to Carter, but not actually 100% sure. Um, and I thought it was just kind of really interesting. Like we're seeing, and I'm going to talk about this a little bit more later, but we get a good interesting sort of like bond between Zia and Carter because they're quite similar characters and I really appreciated seeing that, um, especially considering things that do happen later on with these two characters. Um, and also the hints that there isn't something quite right with what Zia's doing and what Zia's like. 
um, which has always kind of been there a little bit. So I, I appreciate that on many levels, as well as the fact that Carter additionally was just like, I know she's not going to come after us because she's shown a, shown a different side of herself to me. So I know that she believes us, but doesn't fully know what to believe at the same time. Um, and I know I just really like that. <laughs> Um, the only mild disappointment for me in this chapter, considering how much I've raved about the magic system and how we learn and understand how the magic system and magic works in this world, we don't learn how one thing works here. So Sadie is trying to open the portal. We've seen her struggle to do it beforehand. She doesn't actually know how to do it or what to do, but she manages to open this portal. We have no idea how she did it. So I'd have liked to have heard kind of like her say something like a like a magic word or do or say just say something that we can hear so we have insight for how these portals are open because I don't even remember if we hear or see Zia do something in particular but like it'd be good just to get an idea of how these obelisk portals actually work and how you can get them working. Um, so that's just one mild disappointment because considering how everything intricate has been done before this was kind of missed out a little bit um but i guess it's it's also the sort of soft magic system of just like sometimes things just happen because magic <laughs> um or as tim hickson says on hello future me a wizard did it um and that's just the logic you gotta go with <laughs> um I was it's also good to see that Carter isn't without fight knowledge. So he's studied fighting techniques, like you mentioned, like Alexander the Great and Three Musketeers and all these sort of things. So he has knowledge of I don't know why I said it like this. He has knowledge of combat somewhat, but he's not like an expert, like he's never actually practiced fighting. So I think you get like a good idea of the fact that like yeah he's using the basic knowledge he has of of how you can fight but he's not exactly actually competent with his abilities and I just I quite like that we're seeing that he's just kind of very much instinct based with his mild natural ability it's only when he's connected to this giant avatar that we saw in the previous section that he actually knows what he's doing and is actually capable of, of fighting. Whereas when he's not connected to that, he's not as knowledgeable. He's a bit more anxious. He's just kind of throwing like his, not throwing his sword, but he's just kind of blindly like attacking and slashing with his blade. There's no kind of actual logic and sense to his skills. It's just kind of instinctive hitting, kind of. Um, and I don't know, I just kind of like that. It's, it's not like that situation with like Percy for some reason being a natural sword fighter in Percy Jackson, which like honestly made no sense whatsoever because Poseidon is not remotely connected to swords. So I, it made no sense why Percy was randomly a really skilled fighter, but you know, whatever. Um, whereas here at least like Carter's got basic knowledge, but he's not actually good unless this whole Horace taking over or being connected to Horace actually comes into play. That's the only time he's actually naturally better. Um, final thought, yay, Bastard's back. <laughs> um, and yeah, that's just some small little discussion points for chapter 17 that I wanted to, to bring up really. Um, the only other, th well, not the only other thing, there is no other thing, I'm just gonna go into the next chapter because uh, next up we have chapter 18, when fruit bats go bad. Um, 
This is a mild question for anyone who has knowledge of fruit bats. I didn't think fruit bats attacked people. I thought they were kind of like a pretty sort of like, the, like they were veg uh, vegetarians, not very aggressive kind of bats, or am I just completely wrong on that? For some reason, I just thought fruit bats were just kind of chill. But they're a, <laughs> they're a security measure with Desjardins house. Um, so I don't know, maybe I just got it wrong. Let me know if you know. Um, so yeah, here anyway, here is the overview for chapter 18, when fruit bats go bad. All healed up by Bass, Carter and Sadie learn quickly and horrifyingly that they are definitely hosting gods. What makes it more terrifying is that Horace decides to speak to Carter. Freaking out and wanting the gods gone, they come to realise that, just like the past battles were set from their gods' hosts that are hosting inside them, they will have to work with these gods to save their dad. But they're in need of some knowledge. So, with them being in Paris, they go and search for the Book of Thoth, which is at Des Desjardins' house. Not that you can really call it a house. Because it's a huge-ass fucking mansion. <laughs> Turning into birds to get into his huge mansion, Carter then uses Julius's doughboy to find the book. But when they do, it unfortunately sets off a trap. Running from fruit bats and turning into a bird again to guide them away, Carter then turns back to human and the trio make a run for it, because something else is coming and they need to get to another portal to escape it. A dun 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 we're on the run again. <laughs> um so okay, it sounds like not much happened in this chapter, but this chapter is very, very long. Um not very, very long, but it is long. Um in comparison to like chapter seventeen. Um and I do have some thoughts on that, but I'll get to that in the more specific focus commentary. But for the initial feedback for chapter 17, I've just got to say, uh, it's not the exact quote, but <laughs> the interaction is sort of as follows. Hey, Horace. Finally, hello, Carter. Ah! <laughs> oh, this is proper the proper highlight of this section, honestly, because... If I spoke to someone in my mind and they spoke back to me and it was a completely different person, I would 100% freak the hell out because that is that is not normal, that is not natural, and I am afraid. Um, so, you know, Carter, I feel you. I would not be a fan of the situation. Um, <laughs> but I, 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 it, was, it was hilarious. The comedy in this is great i actually really love the jokes in this there are definitely a few like i mentioned in the uh uh collab with katie that there was definitely the chance to make a joke about someone called matt <laughs> in relation to the mart but um you know bygone to be bygones um that's not the phrase but whatever um <laughs> but this was really funny i just the jokes are really hitting well in this in this book so i'm enjoying that but also the rest of the chapter is, as Mama Moo said, attention, <laughs> though very different context in relation to that song. But it's still a very high tension chapter, especially when they're getting into Des Jardin's house, because there's fights, there's drama, there's sort of like a time frame, um, there's the fear of being chased by something, all this sort of stuff. Um, there, There is a lot of action here, but it doesn't always feel too overwhelming, but it kind of does at the same time. Which is where I go into a little bit of a negative for this chapter. 
um, which I'm wondering, is this the first negative that I have of this book? And maybe so. <laughs> um, the one negative I have is that I think this chapter should have been split up. Um, like we've had our first proper interactions with the god Horus and just learning more about the gods and even having a whole section dedicated to learning about the fact that Bath tried to like be a, like host herself within um, Ruby Kane, their mum, to save her and you know stop her from literally burning up and using all of her reserves but their mum said no um, and that's unfortunately why she died. So we're getting lots of information about their mum, we're getting lots of information about how hosting with gods work but then immediately after, we're then going into Desjardin's house and facing some dangerous issues. And I feel like the godly interactions and even the bit to do with their mum is overshadowed by them going to this mansion and searching for this book and doing a bit more magic. Like I just feel like that's kind of forgotten. We're still getting the interaction with the gods because Horace is being a little bit of a baby. But like I think the I think it just overshadows the the emotional tension and drama of this whole situation of like they've literally just figured out that there are gods inside of them um and like they're being they're hosting these gods and they don't have any control really about uh, over that a boot over that my god um and i don't know i just uh slightly disappointed i would have just like for the moment that bass says that they're going to go to does Jardin's house i'm not i don't think i'm saying his name right but whatever um i would have wanted that to go into another chapter if I'm honest um, and just have these two things completely separate even if it makes the whole want to do with the god and Satan and stuff like that short because I think if I go back to it and just check now actually okay so just counting <laughs> sorry this is not exactly the most professional thing so one two three four five six seven eight Okay, it wouldn't even have been a short chapter, it would have been 12 pages, that's a good length of chapter. And then the other section would have been about the same. Because at the moment it's around 20 something pages long, which is quite a long chapter if I'm honest. Um, and yeah, so it could easily have been split up and I really think it should have to kind of help with the pacing a little bit and have this split up of important information. But Rick is definitely one of those people, I think he does it with only some books, but like he does enjoy actually no this that doesn't even work in this case he, he, i was gonna say he usually enjoys having kind of even number chapters but he doesn't even have even number chapters he's got odd numbered um because it's there's 41 chapters so you could have split this up and made it an even number and put it to 42 chapters but you know whatever anyway not com not the point but it was just a small pacing situation for me but um in general i do like that we're seeing more instinctive magic from them and the whole thinking it shall be continuing to be a big part of it like bass says hey turn into birds and like wait how do we do that and she's like just just think about it and you can do it um so pa carter literally thinks himself into being a bird it takes 10 minutes but he thinks himself into being a bird and he becomes a bird um then we have the hilarious moment of the fact like <laughs> sadie can't actually turn herself back from being a bird she's kind of stuck there for a little while until bass helps her um but anyway i just yeah one negative and i'm kind of happy with how magic is still continuing to progress but going into the main point that i want to discuss um and that's the narrative so i do have to say and i guess there's a narrative but it's also kind of pacing it may be pacing focused mainly actually 
the pacing is starting to drag a little bit at this stage. I know that gaining knowledge is important to, to defeat Set, but this would have definitely been a good moment to have more interactions, like I mentioned, with the gods. And also, why do they have to get... I know this whole section is about the fact that they don't want to rely on these gods, which is going to be an important factor, but also... You have gods at your beck and call, basically, who can provide information. And we even see that they provide historical context-based information later on. Like, Isis does that a lot for Sadie. But, like, at this point, that's not kind of really happening. So they're going to get this Book of Thoth to gain information on how to defeat Set, when, like, Carter is literally hosting Horus, the god who literally defeated Set the first time. Why not ask Set what he did and gain information and knowledge from Set? Uh, from Horus, not from Set. <laughs> gain knowledge from Horus and from Isis. Like, you have two gods at your back and call to gain information from. Use that so we are actually even building up a relationship between the gods and the kids. Like, it just feels like we keep moving to new things to learn. And <laughs> we're not really doing anything but just kind of learning um and like i love learning about the magic system i love seeing different things and kind of gaining stuff but it is starting to drag out the story a little bit now like we're at the midpoint of like we're halfway through the book at this point and it doesn't feel like we've progressed any further since like we've had revelations about the gods being hosted in the canes hints that possibly who may be hosting set or at least thoughts of who could be hosting set but we've kind of slowed down at this point and I'm kind of, I'm a bit disappointed. Like, we have our timeline, so we know they have about three days at this point. Um, so the assumption is the main battle will probably occur on that day, so three days from now. Uh, there's training to be done, that we've had a little bit of training already, so, you know, I feel like we don't really need to do more, or at least do more, like, as the day is going forward, so like learning sort of like the whole thing of like learning on the job sort of situation um but i don't know it just it just feels like we're kind of slowing down a lot like i don't know it's just it's it's just a little bit disappointing because like i would have expected at this point to things to not speed up so much but as in like for us to be progressing further but we keep kind of slowing down to learn new things like learning how the magic system works and learning how their magic works and how they can use their magic incredibly important because we don't want our characters to basically be like hey i can do magic and then have no issue with using magic because that's completely unrealistic and it takes you out of the story but we've figured out they've kind of figured out how magic works now you don't need to do more training do learning on the job um and go like push forward gain more stuff from the gods themselves figure out how to do these things and f they've not even tried to figure out where set is at this point like carter has a little bit of an idea because like he mentions about arizona but they don't actually know that's where he is there's no actual there's no investigation into set at this point even though they have three gods at their beck and call basically in bass isis and horus to ask about set and they've not even attempted this at this point. So I feel like we're just, it's just slowing down a lot. And it's just, it's, mm. I think I would have liked things to have progressed a little bit further at this, at this point, because we've not learned anything more about their dad. 
or what's happened to their dad or where their dad could be. They're not really kind of questioning these sort of things. We don't fully know exactly where Set could be or what Set's plans are or anything like that. So I don't know, I just, I want things to be going a little bit faster, especially considering I've also just checked that this book is 550 pages. It definitely could be a little bit shorter if we were speeding things up a little bit more, but you know, never mind. <laughs> um, so that was just the thing. I'm just a little bit disappointed currently with the pacing. But to go into characters though, so there are two characters I want to talk about specifically in this section, and that is, first up, Zia. So we're learning a lot about Zia in this section, and I'm loving that. So we're kind of seeing how she and Carter are quite similar in like how they grew up, the fact that they've had to be alone a lot of the time, and they put up with that by basically, whenever someone asks, are you okay with being alone? They just basically say, yeah, no, of course, like I'm better off alone. I do things better alone when people ask about friends um, and they kind of have this bond situation about it and have this really cute moment of Carter basically saying look whenever this when this is done I'm taking you to a shopping centre or mall as he says it but he's taking her to a shopping centre um, and you know they're gonna have a fun time she calls it a date he kind of gets flustered I thought that was amazing Carter is like He's like a male lesbian. I know other people struggle with like talking to girls, but it just like, I was like, oh wow, Carter is me. So to me, he's now a male lesbian. So anyway, um, I just thought it was just really sweet to kind of see more connections, but also the fact that they kind of have, it's not that they have, she obviously has missing memories. Carter doesn't, but he has kind of not had the chance to really reflect on his memories. Like we see more of him remembering these times with his mum of like how she taught him the constellations and all these sort of things and really had this close bond with him but he's never seemingly thought of that that much because there's not really been time to he's not really had the chance to kind of really reflect on what he lost um and so he's remembering these things and realizing how horrible it must be to not really have any memory of your family um and also the fact that they both lost their families really young as well like they would both seem to be eight years old when they lost their family or at least obviously in his case he lost his mum but he also lost Sadie really as well like he doesn't know anything about his sister so he lost two people the day his mum died his mum and later his sister and even a sense his dad as well because his dad was distant after that um and yeah I just I just thought it was a really nice moment as well as the fact there's the continued uh, mention of the fact that they're kind of confused about Carter's abilities and what Carter can do because he saw Zia when she was using an invisibility charm. So he should not have been able to see her. So there's kind of a little moment here of like, wow, Connor is actually insanely powerful. But then something off, being off about Zia as well, um, with the fact that she has no memory of doing the spell that Carter mentioned seeing her do. Um, and I don't know, I just, I kind of realize that we've got this initial start to this bond between them, even if it is still kind of strained at the same time due to the fact that Zia is obviously still having to be a bit standoffish because at this point she doesn't know what their powers are. She has They haven't done the test yet, but she's getting a sense that there is something dangerous about him um, and because of what she's been taught and how she's grown up in the gnome, she knows that there will likely be a problem with that. Um, so I don't know, I just really like the initial bond. But uh, then going into Horace, all these character relationships are related to Carter and I love it. Um, <laughs> so we've got uh, Carter and Zia being similar 
And then we've got Horace. So Horace and Carter are like completely different people. Horace is stubborn, he's a little egotistical, very clearly isn't one for sharing or being honest. He's very willing to consider forcing or convincing or manipulating, I would call it gaslighting another way to describe it, Carter into basically giving up control of his own body so Horace can do it and defeat Set. Um, and I quite like it. I like that they're very different kind of people. Um, Carter has admittedly a few of the traits um, that Horace has, but we haven't really seen them to the level that they're seen in Horace. And I kind of like the idea that there's a bit of influence there or like Horace is this, not like his polar opposite, but also has some traits that Carter needs to get as well. Like Carter is not a confident person. Um, he's not really had the opportunity to be confident in himself and his and in his abilities. So I think I like the idea already that Horace has already gained some influence over Carter of kind of getting him to be more confident because Carter straight up is basically telling Horace to F off because Horace is trying to push him hard to give in. And he's like, nah, mate, I ain't, I ain't doing that. P piss off. Um, and I just really appreciate that we're kind of maybe getting some hints of the fact that gods can really do, can really leave a lasting impact on their hosts. Um, but that will be a conversation for, for another day. But, um, yeah, other than a few issues of, like, pacing and a few other things narratively with these two chapters, I really enjoyed what we did get from chapter 17 and 18. There's just a few things that I would change personally, and I feel like I'm going to have to have some more of the discussions later, because there's quite a few things popping up already for, <laughs> for uh, things that I'm noticing about... Uh, these chapters but again conversation for another time uh to get into the thing that you were all waiting for of course here is this week's question of the episode so what did you think of Zia Rashid's background did it intrigue you to her character or no um that'll obviously be going up on our social media so check that out the day after this episode goes out and remember December 21st on a healthy dose of Fran and then on all the Percy Jackson podcasts that I mentioned we'll be then releasing the audio on our podcasts afterwards so you can listen to it after the fact as well so december 21st a healthy dose of fran youtube will be supporting the red nation by watching the lightning thief movie because yes finally something good comes from that movie um so check out the red nation the link will be in the episode show notes of this episode and uh it'll be going up on my link tree for best damn camp as well so check that out um, and yeah, again, for everyone who is watching, thank you, well, not watching, for everyone who is listening, thank you all for joining me for these chapters. Be sure to join me next Wednesday, which will be my birthday, as we continue our universe journey. To plug where you can find our podcast, we are available on Spotify, Apple Podcasts, Audio Boom, Stitcher, DZ, and basically wherever you listen to podcasts. In the meantime, between episodes, you can find the Best Time Camp on various social media, our Best Time Camp pod on Instagram and Twitter. If you want to email me with your thoughts, you can email thebestdowncamp at hotmail.com. Or if you want to support my podcast and the other podcasts that I do, you can head over to patreon.com slash a healthy dose of Fran and become a podcast patron there. That is linked in the episode show notes, and you can get stuff like early access and other exclusive perks. Want more Percy Jackson content? Check me out on YouTube at a healthy dose of Fran. Or if you want to support my own writing, join me a follow at a dose of Fran on Instagram, Twitter, and TikTok. Again, thank you guys for tuning in. As always, I've been Fran, your Varian Hunter, and I'll see you, to you all next time.